0: Live with Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, one 564 6173 Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.
1: And we are live. Live. Another week. And tonight's going to be um, a very good show. Yep. It's a very heavy subject. You know, I did that I did that post a couple days ago about suicide awareness and um, you know, it's, it's a holiday or the whole month's actually um, cater to suicide awareness. Right. And um, our, one of our friends, Jimmy, the lead singer dose, he, uh, he was going to commit suicide. Remember that was like mm-hmm. his plan. And then he had an encounter with God, but he wrote a song called God complex, which we released to the whosoever's movement. We sent it out as an email blast and pushed it all over social media about his encounter yeah with God and him coming out of it. but um since I posted it, I got a lot of feedback from you know direct messaging, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and I just copied and pasted a bunch of these um comments because I want people to know um, how many people are going through it, and suicide has it's no respecter of persons right. it's it's no age, it's no color. it's basically it just goes after everyone. and we know you know I think the verse for tonight is, John 10.10, the enemy has st- come to steal, kill, and destroy, but my purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. Mm. And then Jesus goes on to say they can come to me and go freely, and I will lead them into good pastures. Right. Jesus has come to give life abundantly, but Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the ways he does it is through depression, anxiety, suicide. Mm. But interesting enough, you know, a lot of it is, is shaken up, through um uh sin right sin creates oh yeah this anxiety sin creates this depression mm-hmm. sin creates this crazy stuff in your life and there's different kinds of depression you know i've I've talked to people that have been into depression and been suicidal through sin um there's other people that have been um diagnosed they're chemically imbalanced you know we, we have a couple friends that have to that have to take like a a pill that's actually a chemical that they're missing. Mm, right. Not. I'm not talking about Xanax because you could go to the doctor and mm. people are just dealing with anxiety and depression through sin. And then they go to the doctor and they're saying that their life's a mess and they feel all this oppression. But what's going on, it's sin living in their life. Mm-hmm. So they get caught up in, in Xanax and all these pills that suppress your feelings. Mm. They turn you numb. And then when they come out of this cloud of Xanax, they're even more depressed. And I could tell you story after story of people that are encountering that. But then there is the person that the enemy is just messing with them. Yeah, and you know we have Ephesians six for that. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of the dark and the darkness and the unseen worlds. You know, there's there's that spiritual realm. <laughs> At the right. end of the day, it is the enemy. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And I'm gonna just out of the gates. I'm gonna read this one verse because I just i read it today before I came over here, but I thought about it. It says, there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for us. Mm-hmm. This show is about suicide. It's about anxiety. It's about depression. But the more importantly, this is, is going to be a show about hope. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, at the end of the break, before we get, before we get to the break, halfway through the show – we're going to read a story of a, of a guy that um, sent me a message, and um, we're going to hear his story, mm-hmm. and we're going to address his question. And then at the end of the show, I have one of my good friends, our good friends, David Arroyo, in studio. Mm-hmm. I grew up with him. I grew up with his family. His brother, he's, he's best friends with my brother. We, we grew up skateboarding, surfing our whole life. My mom basically would give him gas money when we were little scrubs, like <laughs> eight, nine years old, ten years old, and he would drive us because he was a couple years older than us. But uh, – you know, I grew up with him. He was this ex skinhead and, and just grew up in the 80s and with all that stuff. But um, he's going to tell his story about suicide and him overcoming. So it's going to bless everyone all around. But I want to go ahead and, and just read a couple of these um, things that came in through social media. These are on uh, Instagram. One says, I just posted that, that post and it says, this girl said, yes, I say the same. I work at a middle school. In Fontana School District. And we have had one mother over the summer break break kill herself. And my husband's friend from high school, she killed herself two weeks ago at age 43. And a lady jumped off the 15 freeway and the 10 freeway on Tuesday. She fell 80 feet. Mm -hmm. And she was 55 years old. Too many people. Then here's another one. Definitely something that should be talked about. When I was younger, I was suicidal and it was something swept under the rug. And I feel so many people don't tell others about their battles in the in the inside because it's always hidden or not talked about as a whole. This is amazing. Praise God. And this is true. Yeah. No one talks about it yeah. because the enemy wants you to feel like you're all alone and you're the only one going through it and no one else will know. But when you talk about it, you're going to realize Everyone around you has someone that has committed suicide or someone that's been suicidal or someone that has been affected by it.
2: Especially in the days we're living today because even – I've been in ministry about 12 years. At the beginning of this year from January to about you know through summer, I dealt with probably the most suicides that I've ever dealt with in ministry. It seemed like we were getting calls every other week um, of a situation of some sort. Same thing, a younger person. An older person. Mm-hmm. It can be because of being bullied at school. It could be because of financial difficulties in a home. It could be because of, of a marriage that's taken place. And as you're you know, opening this up, talking about the spiritual warfare that is there and where the enemy wants to get a foothold, I always say this, Satan works like this. He wants to get us overwhelmed by temporary circumstances and get our eyes focused off the eternal. Because it gets focused upon how am I going to make it through today? My light, I can't see past today. Mm -hmm. I can't see tomorrow. I can't see the situation working out. Or maybe something they've done in their past that they feel very ashamed of. And it creeps up and is overwhelming them. And they feel like the only solution is just to take their own life. And this is a struggle we see, like you've been saying, throughout our culture. From just a common person to actors, actresses, musicians. Mm -hmm. This is something where the enemy just runs like, um, runs havoc in people's lives.
1: Yeah. And there's all different avenues of it. I mean, there's this other one, this guy posted said that, you know, one of his friends took his life three weeks ago. And then he goes on to say that back in the nineties when he was strung out on meth, he was having all these suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dude, the enemy will work his way into your life through losing your job, yeah. through relationships, through drugs, through bullying. I mean, there was, there was even, you know, stuff, stuff on the news You know, earlier uh, this week that that we even came across, and I want to read a couple of these things to you. But um, there was that one article that came out in the American. uh, Oh, actually, um, let's talk about the statistics first. Yeah, Mm. just just to bring people to speed, how how these statistics are rolling? Do you do you have those things? Yeah, I got them right here.
2: It says that suicide is the tenth leading cause of death in the United States. Each year, forty two thousand seven hundred and seventy three Americans die by suicide. For every suicide, 25 attempt. Suicide costs the US 44 billion annually. The annual age adjusted suicide rate is 12.93% of a hundred thousand individuals. On the average, there are hundred and seventeen suicides per day. And it goes on to break down statistics on how it's taken place. 50% are be by firearms, other ones are from suffocation and um, things such as that. It also says that white males account for 7 out of 10 suicides in 2014 by a statistic that was uh, taken. And the rate of suicide is highest in middle-aged white men in particular. You know, there's all these stats that are out there and that's why we see it. Like You're going through the social media. Why is it so prevalent? So many people have lost loved ones. We've lost loved ones when we were younger. There's, There's guys that were strung out on drugs and everything and just couldn't take it any longer. I remember a guy that I used to party with on meth, a younger guy, he was had a great job and then he isolated himself doing meth. Nobody had heard from him from a couple of days and then all of a sudden we got word that he was found, he shot himself in his backyard, the gardeners found him. I
1: remember that. Yeah,
2: I it was gnarly that. going to that funeral. I had just come to the Lord maybe about a year or so and you know, there's many other... Uh, situations like that that have taken place
1: well dude i was i was actually in wahoos mm. earlier today hanging out and uh you know latisha the tattoo artist yeah yeah so i was oh, in yeah. there mm-hmm. and and a couple of these uh her and a couple or her husband and a couple other uh, people from harvest uh they cruised in to uh to wahoos and i was sitting there and i was talking to this girl that was in there that works there i've been going you know it's by my house so i've been going there mm. in a while and i was kind of just sharing you know about god with her and and then we started talking about the show, the radio show, and about suicide. And when I said that, her, she was just like, oh, my gosh. And she started talking about her friend that committed suicide when she was – when he was 14 years old. This girl probably like 18 years old. And then Letitia and them walk in and then I find out that her husband was suicidal. And I'm like now we're in this circle with this person, this girl that, we, that works at Wahoo's, and then all of them. And we're talking about suicide and it's affecting everyone in this circle. It's just so common. And then another quote that we got was from Dave Ford, which uh, he he sent you a a number about the military.
2: Yes, that's since 2001, we have lost 15 times more veterans to suicide than in combat. Insane. 22 per day. I've heard this statistic a lot because your dad has dealt with a lot of stuff with veterans and PTSD and that reality. And so that stat is legitimate. It is real. It's something that... They are struggling with and dealing with today.
1: Yep. If, you want, if you want to get these, uh, these, these statistics, you could go to www.afap.org. That's the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. Mm-hmm. Big time. And then we were looking at that New York uh, – what was it? It was New York Daily Mail. Yep. Did you send me that article or did I send it to you?
2: No, I sent, I sent it to you because uh, I was actually talking to my wife about us uh, preparing for the show. And she was telling me about the story of this young boy. It was uh, a family in West Virginia. The boy was nine years old. And it says that he was driven to suicide because of being bullied at school. And his sister actually found him uh, hanging in his Room. She was going to go take a frog to him, I think, mm-hmm. to, like, kind of encourage him because the family knew that he was struggling with something. He was getting bullied. Um, he was going through a lot of stuff and found her, ni- I mean,
1: nine years old. So when I when I read this article, I was thinking, okay, so first of all, the, g- the kid was getting bullied because I guess he was really short. Okay, so, mm-hmm. you know, I remember I was super small <laughs> in school. Right. And they used to, you know, I was, like, to think the second sh- like the shortest— kid in the in the place yeah but you know um this kid was getting bullied Mm. and what i didn't like about the article is that it says that is you know i don't want to blame it on the parents or anything it's Mm. not this is just a whole bad situation but they noticed they noticed that he was they knew he was bullied he knew Mm. he was getting picked on and it says that he was super down so his Mm. sister went to go get a frog to help him kind of come out of it but the fact that if you're getting picked on over and over, and, and or if you're if you're if you see someone, kid or dad or whoever in a down place in a depressed place, you got to intervene. Right. You can't just like let it go. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So here, here this situation where this kid, he his, his uh, sister finds him hanging in his room, and then interestingly enough, it says after uh, Jackson's suicide came another young boy, thirteen years old, Daniel Fitzpatrick. Killed himself in Staten Island, New York, after his school failed to stop the constant bullying over his weight and his grades. Mm. Uh, Fitz uh, Patrick, too, was found by his sister hanging himself. Yeah. Dude, crazy. Horrible. Crazy. I, I, to, to think of
2: young kids like that, nine years old, 13 years old, and just ending it at that moment because, I, and like you were saying this earlier, you know, the enemy. Satan, sin, all of it as a result, Mm -hmm. you know, the the shame that so many people feel. Social media has brought in another pressure that a lot of people trying to maintain a lifestyle that's not really them. Um, They call it cyberbullying, you know, where people just talk trash online and make people feel foolish. You post a picture of yourself or whatever, and maybe they nitpick somebody, whatever it might be, and it becomes overwhelming to them. You know, the other story that w- that we talked about, another one I found, it was just uh, on the news, was an That's Italian... Fox News. Uh, Fox News. Um, that an Italian woman who killed herself, this is what happened. She, um, something happened in her relationship with her boyfriend, and she wanted to get back at him. She actually hooked up with some guy. She made a sex tape with this guy, um, thinking it was just going to be for her boyf- ex-boyfriend to see, to make him jealous. And then what happens is the video actually goes viral. On the, internet. the the video goes viral. It spread all over the place. And she was starting to be noticed from the video that she made. So people would see her on the streets. They would make comments to her. Uh, they would be, you know, start bullying her, saying all these different things. They would find contact to her, whether through email or through social media. And it was just overwhelming her and this pressure. So, you know, something that... Again, sin once again. You're like, what we am I going to do? look at the do? root of the problem. Right. It's all sin. Right. You come in, then you, you know, I'm going to make this guy a jealous and my heart's all messed up, so I'm going to make this person hurt. And by doing that, it turned into this whole thing that got out of her hands, got out of control, and she couldn't take it any longer, mm-hmm. and she killed herself. She, I believe she hung herself as well wow. at yep. 31 years old because she was so embarrassed of this. Because this is another thing that takes place. Shame. People feel shameful. Mm-hmm. This made me think of the sex industry. You know, a lot of people that are getting in it at a young age, whether it's a stripper or whether it's somebody that got into pornography, you feel shamed after a while. Mm-hmm. And think like, man, I can't believe I did this. So I couldn't believe I do that, that, do that. And you can't get over it. The pressures is just why, you know, get on your shoulders. And it's like a movie going through your mind. Um, and once again, as we're talking about, there's hope in Christ. He's able to cleanse us and wash us. Yeah. Um. But when you don't have that hope, and you start just going down, and you know, we hear situations like this. I mean, this
1: all came out this last week. Yeah.
2: And these things are constant. Well, what's in interesting news.
1: too, at what I noticed on the end of that article, it says that she went into a deep depression and was having suicidal thoughts just prior to her death.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not like it, it, there's a process to it. Yeah. You know, you go. It first starts off whatever's going on in your life, then you go into this depression. Mm -hmm. And then you start getting those suicidal thoughts. And then it gets to the place where you decide to take your life. There is a process. And I'm going to tell you right now, (laughs) there is hope. And it's through the mediator, Jesus Christ. He's the one that came to earth on a rescue mission to not only to die for our sins, which is the number one thing, but to give us life and to give us life abundantly. And yeah. there's many scriptures when he says, all oh, yeah. of you that are weary, come to me. Yeah, you know, Take my yoke upon you. My burden's light. It's easy. I've come to give you rest and rest for your soul. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way. There's no other way. And the amazing thing about the forgiveness of sins, no matter where you're at right now, what you're doing, what you're involved with, Jesus will forgive you and he will wash you white as snow. Ryan, what do you mean white as snow, dude? You're tripping. What are you talking about white as snow? That's biblical stuff. That's Bible stuff. What he's Mm -hmm. saying is he's going to forgive you of every sin you've ever done, and he'll never judge you. He'll grab your sins, and he'll throw them into the deepest part of the ocean, and he'll never bring them up anymore. It's a done deal, Mm -hmm. and he'll give you his Holy Spirit, and just ask him to forgive you now. Tell him to come into your life, and you will have an encounter with the living God, and now you can start living for him. Find a Bible, start reading, and he will start transforming your life. He created He created you for a purpose. He's come to give you life. He didn't come to give you death. Satan has come to give you death. For sure. All this suicidal anxiety and all this stuff, this is all from the enemy. I'm a Christian. I go through – I get depressed sometimes. Mm -hmm. I get anxiety. (laughs) I have actually had big-time anxiety yesterday Mm -hmm. because life gets crazy sometimes. It does. Yeah. You know? But where do I go? I go to the word. I go to God and I say, God your word says that you've come to give peace you've come to give life your yoke is easy your burdens light you've come to give me rest for my soul and i call god out on that say do it please Mm -hmm. and guess what he shows up he does but you got to be plugged into the
2: source every single time and i this is kind of like the heartbeat of everything that you do and that we're a part of if you're tuning in right now this is live with ryan reese this is what really spawned, like actually, the vision of, of the whosoever is reaching out to the, the the dying world that is around us, and more importantly, right now, is your focus is on the Kill the Noise tours that you guys have been doing, right? You you have been dealing with situ- you got um uh, Dose, you, like you said, the lead singer, comes from a battle of almost committing suicide. His family has um history of suicide. You guys have dealt with people, young people that are hurting. And the whole vision about going to the high schools is doing something about it. The Kill the Noise tour that you've been talking about. Why don't you tell oh, the listeners dude, about it's,
1: it? It's, mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of suicide and, and you know depression, anxiety, the high schools are full of it. <laughs> it's like, dude, we went to go speak at Azusa High School and I remember God just telling me, Just talk about cutting and suicide right out of the gates. I walked up on stage and immediately I just said, hey, I know you guys are dealing with suicide and struggling. And literally, dude, the first three rows of all the kids just started bawling. Mm. Literally with me saying like three words just started bawling right there. They are going through it. Yep and dude the enemy is is getting a foothold and this is why we're going to the high schools to reach these people like you were talking about jimmy jimmy was going to commit suicide the night that he ended up meeting up with me he came when uh tyler brought him to church and he already had it all planned out he was going to commit suicide when he got home from church and he was gonna he was gonna he was gonna gonna cut himself and he was gonna bleed out in the shower and people were gonna find him like that Mm -hmm. well he decided i'll just go to church with my friend tyler Mm. Because I'm going to commit myself anyway. So we went mm. and that night we all, I invited him to go out to go eat uh, hamburgers. <laughs> and at that point of the night, my, one of my friends told him how he was going to commit suicide and how he found Jesus. Mm. So instead of him going home and committing suicide and cutting his wrist, he went home and gave his life to Jesus. <laughs> and now he's the lead singer of the band that's doing the whole high school tours with us. <laughs> and he tells that story at our high school tours. Mm. And that's the song called God Complex. Yep. Yep. You know, so it's, Yeah. It's, it's going down. This is what's happening. This is the culture. This is why we have to quit playing church. Yeah. We have to get outside of our walls. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I was talking to the people from Harvest today. And, you know, we were, they were talking about this new thing that they got going on. And I was just like, man, like, I don't want to be in the church. Mm-hmm. I'm in the church. I want to be outside the church. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I'm in the church. You know, we do the radio show, but I feel like this has reach. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, people are driving down the highway right now that probably aren't even believers in Christ. And they're listening to this show right now and they're going, I'm suicidal. This dude's making sense. I need to give my life to Jesus. This is outreach. You know, we got to get uncomfortable and see what God wants to do with their lives. We got to get out of the church because the church or we got to get out of the church so we can reach people. Yeah, sure. Because people are on the highway to hell. Jesus says it. He says, "The the highway to hell is broad and many find it, but the road to eternal life is narrow and it's difficult and few find it but he also yeah. says that my word is a lamp to your feet and he guides our path so what is it the word of god is what guides us to eternal life to heaven yeah. and it keeps us on that straight and narrow so we don't get sidetracked and end up on these detours so i got this uh i got this uh, question from this guy that mm-hmm. uh emailed me or mm-hmm. dm me on instagram and i thought it was perfect this is actually the question that really fueled me up to, um, to do this show, but I'm going to have you read that question,
2: yeah. if you don't mind. Okay, it says, Hello, Ryan. If you have time, please read this. I have never shared or reach out to anyone about this ever. I'm 26, and I've been struggling with homosexuality for 10 years. I have never engaged in homosexual act, but I have fallen into pornography, which I feel is just the same as doing it. I've always been attracted to chicks. I still am, but I feel as my sin goes deeper... I don't have the same attraction for a woman I once had. When I was younger, I wasn't consumed by it, but I brushed it off. I was dating this girl for four years. I wanted to marry her, but I found out that she was cheating on me. I took it really hard. We were involved with drugs and pornography together. And when I left, I asked Jesus Christ into my life. I knew I was wrong. I knew I needed Christ. I was seeking more than ever. My whole family saw the change and the fruit of Jesus was doing in my life. And out of nowhere... I start getting homosexual urges like I have never had before. I'm so disgusted with myself, so shameful. I pray and I pray for deliverance, for this mountain to be moved. And still I stumble and I fall. Ryan, sometimes I don't think I'll make it. I'm starting to have suicidal thoughts. I can't live the fact that I'm like this. I really feel I have been attacked by Satan himself. He tells me I'm a fake Christian, that Christians don't have any have my problems. I often doubt my salvation. Please pray for me. James five sixteen says to confess your sins to one another and pray for each other and you will be healed. I'm hoping this confession is a step towards victory over this. I believe I have a twisted view of God's love for me, being I was physically and verbally abused my whole childhood by my dad. I have forgiven him. I hold no bitterness towards him, but I'm still dealing with the effects that it has made on the way I think and feel about myself. Please keep me anonymous. Again, please pray for me. Any light or encouragement shared would help me tremendously.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I I DM'd him back and I said, is it cool? Um, Do you want me to answer this on the radio? And he says, yes, please do. So Mm -hmm. this is why we're talking about it here. Well, this isn't the first time I've heard this. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in Philly um, when I did that Murder Your Flesh tour. And there was a kid that was 15 years old. He said he got into pornography uh, at 12 years old, he grew up at Calvary Chapel, Delaware, and, um, he's in the church like this guy, and he got into pornography at a young age, and mm. basically the progression of mm. sin starts, I don't want to say so innocent, but it starts mm. so mild, right? Mm. you know, and then what happens, the progression of sin, it grows, so this guy got into, uh, watching porn, guy and a girl... And then a guy and two girls and then a guy and two guys and a girl and then a guy and a guy or mm. however it progresses. But it turns into this thing to where now this kid that's 15 mm. years old is sitting in front of me saying, I'm – I've never been with a man but I don't like girls anymore. The only, the only thing I'm attracted to is another man mm. and here he is. So it's the same situation, mm. same story. This guy, you know, grew up with a little bit like some more abuse and stuff like that. But the progression of sin, the progression of pornography and all these things. Well, this is the deal. Whoever Jesus Christ sets free is free indeed. Mm. And what's going on right now is there's a battle that's going on. Mm. What you've been doing is you've been feeding the man, the, the, the old man, the body, the flesh. Mm. And we know one of my favorite verses, and this is the verse – that set me free from my porn addiction because when mm-hmm. I came to the Lord, I was not sleeping with girls, but I was definitely watching pornography because mm-hmm. no one knew about it, mm-hmm. right? Just like this guy. Same thing. But there was that time when I, I didn't have a – I left my old job. I was trying to figure out what God wanted to do in my life. I did, The whosoever's didn't exist. The radio show <laughs> didn't exist. I didn't even have a job at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was only six, saved for six months, and yeah. I took a year off to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I had at this point <laughs> was Jesus. Yeah, That's it. Mm-hmm. And I was going to church. But I could have continued watching porn and living however I wanted because mm-hmm. there was nothing holding me back. Like, So say if I have a radio show and I have the Who's Wars movement and I'm teaching, well, then I'm going to be going, oh, my gosh, like I can't be doing this watching porn Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and doing these shows like this is not right Mm. but i was in a place where i had nothing holding me back right Mm. but what i found is and i want this is what i want to encourage this this guy is that it was just me and jesus Mm. and all i know is that i wanted everything that god had for me i knew jesus was real number one i knew that he died for my sins And I knew that I wanted to be set free. He delivered me from the drugs and alcohol. Sounds like this guy is not drinking or using drugs anymore. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like he's delivered from that. Now Mm -hmm. he's just dealing with the homosexuality stuff right now Mm -hmm. and the pornography. Mm -hmm. So I was at a place in my life where I knew that God took away the drugs and alcohol, but I needed him to deal with the sexual sin, which Mm -hmm. was the hardest thing. You drink, you're going to feel hungover and sick. You use drugs, you're going to feel strung out. Having sex... Or sleeping around or watching porn. It's not like yeah. there's this hangover. You know what I'm right, saying? Yeah. It's like – it's more of like shame, mm. guilt. But not, you're not sick. You're spiritually sick. So I decided that what I was going to do is that I wanted everything that God had for me. And I came across that verse in Matthew sixteen twenty four. Jesus said to his disciples, And we are his disciples if we're followers of Christ. He says, if "If any of you want to be my followers, you must turn from your selfish ways or your body appetites, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and you lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? Right. Mm-hmm. And that was where I had a revelation. I remember I was at my house in my room with my computer on with a finger, like a button away from watching pornography yeah. And I came across that verse when I was reading the Bible because I was in this war that Paul talks about. Your flesh and your spirit in mm-hmm. war and they're fighting with each other constantly. And when I read that, I realized, I said, I got to deny myself. I have. I need to be obedient to God and I need to follow him because what does it profit if I gain the whole world and I lose my own soul? Am I going to lose my soul because of my sex addiction? <laughs> and that's what's going on. This is just a sex addiction. This is just sin. It's sex. It's porn. When you really narrow it down, You need to have an encounter with God, read the living word of God, which will renew your mind, renew your heart. Mm. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit will help you overcome. But you have to deny self. You have to put your body appetites, your your body appetites, your desires and hang them on the cross and crucify them. And there's pain there. Mm. The blood that was shed. When you decide not to watch porn and everything in your body wants to watch porn, Mm. dude, you're talking about pain big time pain we're going to break any second now but we're going to come back to this question and expound on it a little bit more um right after the break i I think we have a couple more seconds left
2: yeah you know i would say this too go to the whosovers.com you can keep up with everything that's taking place with them pick up new product all these things go right back into the movement and follow on any of the social media we'll see you on the other side of the break
0: more Live with Ryan Reese coming up. Um, uh, everything all right? Sure. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop dee doo
1: Back to Live with Ryan Reese.
0: Don't say
1: Right before the break, we were just talking about uh, suicide, anxiety, <laughs> depression, and there was a gentleman that, that sent me a DM and basically was talking about how he was um, into girls his whole life and he went through a messy breakup with his girlfriend. They were into drugs and, and pornography together, and as he went through this breakup, he got more into porn, and the progression of porn, progression of sin escalated. And he got into watching homosexual porn. And not that he's ever acted out with another man, but he is watching porn and it's pretty much the same thing as what he feels. And he feels disgusted and he feels ashamed and he feels anxiety, depression. And now he's getting suicidal thoughts. And we're just talking about how Jesus Christ came to set us free of these things. And before we went to the break, I was talking about how in uh, Matthew What is it? Uh, Was it 1624? It says, Jesus says, if you want to be my followers, you got to turn from your selfish ways. Pick up your cross and follow me. And what does a man profit If he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul, is there any worth more than his soul? So the number one thing, there's much more than just this Mm -hmm. verse, you guys. I want to expound on it a little bit with Mm -hmm. my friends in studio. Mm -hmm. Number one, obedience. That's where I was at when I was in my room and I had my computer on and I had porn Ready to go, but I was reading the Bible, trying to decide what I was going to do mm. with my life. And no, I wasn't teaching. I didn't have the radio show. I didn't have the whosoever's movement at that. It was just me and Jesus, no job. So whether I decide to watch porn or not, it's not going to change anything with my job or with my mm. ministry or anything. It was just me and Jesus, and that was it. And I decided mm. I want you, Jesus, mm. and I was in obedience. And I said, I'm going to, I want to deny myself, and I'm going to follow even, even though it's going to be the most painful thing in my life for my body appetites. Mm. So oh, the obedience. Then what did I start doing? I started reading the Bible. Not only did I start reading the Bible, but I know myself. So I had to go to church six Mm -hmm. days a week. If I could find a church seven days a week, I would go. Mm -hmm. I could have watched it online, but I wanted to leave the house. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have idle time and go be a part of the church. And I didn't know anyone. Mm -hmm. I just went to churches and I would sit there by myself Mm -hmm. and listen to the Bible study, hang out Mm -hmm. and then go home after. And I did that. And then I got around people. Like you, Sean, and yeah. Scott Salaman, yeah. and my dad, and different people mm-hmm. that I was able to hang out with for that um, accountability and just friendship to, to talk about my struggles as mm-hmm. I was trying to walk out of this. Because being addicted to that sexual sin, it's mm-hmm. gnarly. Yeah. But not only that, there's more. Mm-hmm. Dude, you need, like David said earlier, you got to get ferocious. Mm-hmm. You need to start fasting. You need to start praying. Have elders of the church, have pastors of the church, have your friends anoint you with oil. Like it says in James, lay their hands on you and pray for you daily. Pray without ceasing. You can't just, and I'm not just talking to this guy. When I'm, when I'm talking excitedly, I'm talking to everyone that's listening here. People, if you want to be delivered of this stuff, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek God, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. He will just, you got to open yourself up to God. And he says, if Jesus says, if you come to me, I will give you torrents of living water. And when he said torrents, he says that raging violent force of holiness coming down from heaven, ripping out and removing everything that is unholy in your life. Hmm. That's what the torrents of living water is. But you have to like usher that in. How do you do it? Pray fast, read, be in church, be around believers, have them pray for you. I guarantee I (laughs) I guarantee it. You do that, your life will be transformed. Yep. Yep. Guaranteed.
2: I I would say something as well, you know, just to back up everything that you said. Knowing God's character will get you through the tough things of life. Knowing God's grace is important. The word grace is thrown around a lot. Uh, a lot of times I don't think people fully understand the depths of grace, and I don't know if we can fully understand the, the, the depths of grace, but this is what grace is. It is God's unmerited favor for humanity. We don't deserve salvation. He gives salvation. Salvation is a free gift of God that we just need to receive, and for a lot of people, it's hard to receive something free if, as a gift. You're like, I feel like I got to work for something. You know, we grew up in a society like you do this. Your parents discipline you. They're like, you do this and I'll get you this. You um, succeed in this thing. This is what you're going to achieve. And so we have that kind of a workspace thing in our our minds. And so it kind of puts pressure on our lives and our Christian aspect as well. Because one thing he brings up is like Satan's messing with me like I'm a fake Christian. Like, I got to do this to be right with God kind of thing. And it's this. And I see people deal with this a lot. It's like this yo-yo thing. And because that pressure that's there, sometimes they flee from following after the Lord. That's why grace is so very important. The book that Chuck Smith wrote that I love, Why Grace mm-hmm. Changes Everything. Chuck found himself in a legalistic relationship when he was younger. He felt like he had to go up for altar calls every Sunday night <laughs> because of a bad thought or whatever. Um, but he wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, there is something to be said by being able to sit back and look, I'm a mess. I'm a fool. I've messed up a lot. But the God of the universe, he loves me and he has created me for a purpose and you rest in that grace. And for those that are listening right now, it really does not matter where you find yourself at. The the horrible biggest misconception you can have is that I'm going to clean myself up. Then I'm going to go to church. No, you come in broken as you are and God will take your jacked up life and he will restore. That's what he's in the business of doing. Taking that which is broken, turning ashes into beauty, man. That, that's what the Lord does. And resting in his grace will be a victory that you'll have in your life.
1: I have, uh, we have a couple uh, ex-homosexuals and mm. homosexuals and lesbians that come to our Bible study. Yep. And I've literally had a girl that was even married. Mm. And she looked at me and basically said, I'm not into dudes. I'm like, that's the least of your worries, <laughs> all right? Just fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus, and it's been a process. And you know what? I'm not saying that she doesn't maybe still have something Mm -hmm. for girls. This guy, he might be dealing with this for a while. He's going to deal with this for a while. Mm -hmm. But God will set him free if he keeps pressing on. The thing is you don't want to keep throwing gasoline on the fire. So if you're trying to come out of this, you don't keep watching homosexual porn because you're just throwing gasoline on the fire. You deny self. You kill your flesh. You starve it to death. And then God will start doing that supernatural work, and we know the yeah. verse: "We reap what we sow." Yeah. Well, because of all the porn and stuff I've watched and the things I've done in my life, yeah. well, guess what? That stuff pops up every once in a while, and I'm going to deal with it for the rest of my yeah. life. But do I bow down to it? No, I yeah. take my 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 thoughts captive yeah. mm-hmm. with Christ. When my mind starts going somewhere, boom, I'm like, no, it's not going there. Yeah. I don't let my I don't let Satan run wild with my mind anymore. Yeah. I love that verse. So, dude, you got this. I know you're listening tonight. We love you. I'm going to follow up with you. Look at man from my heart to heart. God loves you. He's going to see you through. He knows your heart. This is the thing. No matter what's going on in your mind or how the enemy's messing with you, God knows the heart. And if you're truly giving your life to him and you're following him, he is going to see you through. I guarantee it. You are saved. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you called on him and you said, Jesus, forgive me for my sins, you are saved. He's going to clean you up. Don't worry. In his timing, he's going to clean you up. He loves you. And anyone that's listening out there, maybe you feel condemned. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He is a God of love. Even when you're in the the depth of your sin, He loves you. There was a guy, this this guy that I talked to came out of homosexuality. He was in in, in an act with a man, sexual act with a man, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and revealed himself. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he was in the, I think that was the deepest part of the sin you could, could, I mean, in an act with another man. And the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, This is not for you. I'm Jesus and I love you. Wow. Boom. Yeah. God loves. And now the dude's a Christian and he's reaching out to the homosexual community. But this whole show is not about the homosexual community. This is about depression, oppression, suicide, and all that stuff. So we're going to continue. I got David Arroyo. And now we have in studio a live story of uh, how, how did suicide start to affect you in your life? What was your first encounter with it?
0: I think my first encounter was when I was uh, probably 13 years old when my parents divorced. Mm -hmm. I think that was the biggest uh, um, just felt my life like as a son, like I'm not worth my parents staying together. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I had a lot of suicidal thoughts, you know, um, very young. And um, I mean, I heard your dad when I was 16. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And when he talked about his whole life, I was just like, wow. So my life, you know, isn't just for nothing. You know, because at that time, all I wanted to do was to go into the special forces and just mm-hmm. felt like my life is dispensable, whatever, oh, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? But, um, so that was kind of like the first little encounter, you know, it's like, you, you know, your parents, I came from a very, very tight family, you know, we were immigrants. I was born in Spain. I came over when I was five. Mm-hmm. So like my brothers, you know, they were like, they were everything to us. You know, mm-hmm. we were like a tight family. And when my parents divorced when I was 13, it was just like, wow, you know. Like, and that's a big thing. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. people broken homes, especially
1: mm-hmm. in <laughs> 50% of America, uh, yeah. 50% of California.
0: Yeah. So for me, broken like, homes. you know, um, you know, when I gave my life to the Lord, when I was 16 and I just hung around your family, your family was like, they just loved on me. Like mm-hmm. there was times that I would just, I didn't want to go home and your parents mm-hmm. would be like, Hey, you want to stay for dinner? And I'm like, no, no, my parents are waiting for me, which was a complete lie. Cause I was just mm-hmm. holding all my feelings. The reality is I would go home and eat by myself. And that yeah. was like this loneliness you know yeah. but um so that was that was when i was 13 you know um and 16 when i gave my life to the lord but then um for me the what really hit home for us is uh 16 years ago when my younger brother daniel who you know grew up with you and with friends. us yeah one of your good friends um you know he hung himself which was the craziest thing um there was a lot of <laughs> um shame as a family like what you know like what did we not do or you know my, I know my my mom felt a lot like you know took a lot to heart like what did she not do as a mother and for me it was like a lot of mixed emotions and just craziness and I and I guess I really just held it very deep but I basically just came to the conclusion like you know I mean it was almost like this unforgiveness that, that took a foothold in my heart deep in my heart like why would he do that that's so dumb like you know what I mean and just like so I, I had this this kind of like this bitterness that kind of kind of just you know took a foothold in my life and you know fast forward two years ago i found myself in a crazy situation um you know having to basically be employed at one place for 23 years working blood sweat and tears and i basically uh came to a place where basically i was i the enemy was put in my mind you know that my family would be better off if I was dead, you know what I mean, like the insurance policy, you know, basically, and it was which this- is such
1: a a lie, and that's just the enemy at work, yeah, to deceive, yeah, lie, he's to call the father of lies, yeah, I mean where why why would anyone i mean let's just think about the the deception, yeah. why would anyone think it's better for me, yeah. you have a beautiful family, you have four kids, yeah, <laughs> your wife, yeah, it'd be, and you've been a Christian your whole pretty much your whole life, yeah, <laughs> at this point, yeah. And it's better. The enemy is like it's better yeah. for you to take your life, and them to get a million dollar policy. Yeah, I mean, think I, about that.
0: I felt as a man, you know, uh, you know, I, I, maybe I didn't have compassion for my brother or whatever it was. I just, I just didn't accept it. I was like, how could he do this? How could he hurt us? How can he? You know what I mean? I didn't. I just had no compassion, and I just wrote it off. Like, you know what? I can't believe that was the most selfish thing. How can you know? And you know, it's just I just carry that very deep in my heart, and. Um, you know, when circumstances in life, you know, hey, life is not a, you know what I mean? Like, uh, we go through crazy stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, li- life is crazy. And um, basically, I just, in my mind, I was just, I, I started the enemy. I, I, I tell you, that's what I love about the kill the noise. Because during that time, too, it's like looking on social media. Or high school tours. Yeah, your high school tour Because looking on social media, I mean, that just, that was just like putting gasoline on the flyer. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like... Wow, everybody's life is amazing. Mine's like completely upside down, you know, 23 years working, you know, trying to just live the American dream and to provide for my family and, you know, and stuff. And what did you do for work? Um, I worked at Four Star Distribution. Used to do uh, skateboarding shoes. I mean, with you, we—that's yeah. how I'm just letting
1: the listeners know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you were in the you were
0: doing skateboarding, yeah.
1: snowboard apparel. Yeah. and working in that for 23 years. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah.
0: We used to go to China and and Europe and everything. Everything was Very yeah. We yes. were, yeah. We started
1: in a garage. We ended up being a 75 making good, million. And you were making good money. This guy used to buy everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> eat like kings. And I mean, yeah. you're making. But this just yeah. to put it into perspective. Right. Yeah. And and how many people... I mean, you hear about people jumping off bridges because yeah. when they lose their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the perfect example. Yeah. Making good money, traveling yep. the world for a living. Yep. You know, our company was yeah. huge. Yep. And then all of a sudden, he has nothing. You, feel,
0: you just feel worthless. You just feel nothing. like, wow, what is my... You know, and I think at that point, you know, my identity became more just the career and everything. My identity wasn't Jesus. You know what I mean? So I think... Um, so with that, it's like with the social media, with everything. I mean, I got to a point... Like literally it was like this process is like a couple months and then six months. And I was like literally like every door closing going, what the heck? And it just, it just, it became very dark. I isolated myself, which that's not good. My brother did, you know, Uh and I always had that in the back of my mind. Like, man, am I, I'm the same. Like, do we just have it in our destiny? Mm, You know, is it just in our blood? And you know what I mean? And so you get all these crazy thoughts, you know? And, you know, when I think of just, you know, the scripture, just putting on the whole the the helmet of salvation, like taking every thought captive Mm -hmm. like I wasn't. It was just like, you know, looking at social media and everything. It was just it was just I just felt even more just, you know, worthless and stuff and even got to the point that um, basically in my mind, I was already literally like planning it, planning it, planning it. And so I, you are
1: planning to commit suicide. Yeah,
0: year? I was I was basically ready to commit uh, seppuku, which is the Japanese, you know, because I do I do Japanese kanjutsu, yeah. sword, sword, for yeah. many, many years. And I literally, in my mind, I'm like, well, if I do it, I'm going to do it like the old Japanese style. I'm going to literally lay my swords out and kill myself.
1: And interesting mm. enough about suicide, everyone always plans it out. Yeah. It's like so planned out. It
0: starts with a little thought.
1: Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. It's always yeah. very planned out.
0: Yeah, and you know, my little my little son Joaquin, he uh, you know, every <laughs> he knew like my family knew, but I, I kept everything to myself. Right. You know, which I think comes back to accountability.
1: Mm-hmm. They didn't
0: know what was really going through my mind, you know what I mean?
1: And I would That's why tell, you
0: need someone. This is the importance of why you need someone to talk to. You, you. need to talk to. Yeah.
1: And every to time vent
0: you, and get perspective
1: on on yeah. cuz some things Yeah. I mean, there's stuff that's going on in my life right now that I've been talking to Sean yeah. and you about. Yeah. yeah. yeah but I could hold it in, yeah. but then when I vent, you guys could bring me back down to earth, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I, yeah. yeah, all right. It's- iron
0: sharpens iron. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and the brotherhood, and, you know, and, and I just, so Joaquin, he would, uh, mm. you know, they were in school during that time. They would go to school, and I I just remember, just one time, I was just in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for one phone call. Man, this is like, if this doesn't, if I don't get this position in this new job, like, that's it. I'm I'm done. Like, I'm, you know, seven months, just like, not even knowing, like, how I'm literally going to provide for my family. Like, we're out in the streets a week later. Like, it was right. crazy. Yeah, you lost. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. And, Probably, you know, burn much. through the 401k. You store up all these years. And mm. then when you need it, it's like, it, it just goes crazy. But I remember Joaquin. Like, he just came down and he was so, like, like in tune with the spirit. And he's like, Dad, God has a plan for you. And he gave me a hug. And I literally, like, I got choked up. And I, in my mind, I said, yeah, and if he doesn't, I'd, I already have one. Mm. And dude, I got the phone call and literally it was like, yeah, sorry, we're, we're going to pass and stuff. And I was like, this is after they flew me to San Francisco and, and stuff. And I literally went berserk out of my mind, running through the house, like a crazy man. Nobody was home. And I literally, like I grabbed all my swords and I was just like, literally just like, that's it done. And then all of a sudden it was just like, I just started weeping. And weeping and weeping as I'm there, like with my swords, like literally right there, just started weeping. And all I could think was what the Lord was putting in my mind was a persecuted church. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I turn it on. I, I turn on the iTunes and I start searching persecuted church. And I don't it was like a video that had the gnarliest pictures with a worship song. And I just started even more just sobbing out to the Lord. Mm. And I just remember from what, you know, your dad always gave us the Chuck Smith, uh-huh. you know, tapes to listen through, going through the Bible. And I just remember when Chuck would say, you know, Lord, if you're willing to use my life, here I am. And it was like at that point, like I was able to like for forgive my brother. Like I, I just I just like I didn't know what my brother went through, you know, and I and I held this thing against him. Until I found myself in that situation. Hmm. And then seeing the persecuted church, I'm like, you know, here I'm a martial artist. I'm supposed to be, you know, honorable and learning this Japanese sword is one of the most amazing, you know, things. It's all about honor and, you know, things. And I'm like, you see these people here being persecuted. Those are the real, like, those are the real heroes. You know what I mean? And I literally, like, I just... It was almost just like that Forrest Gump uh, encounter with the sergeant when he was just like crying out to God. And finally, like it was like he came back and it was like this calmness, you know, his soul and stuff. And so I just I just I just cried out to the Lord. and I said, Lord, you know, I've lived many years for myself, living the American dream stuff. But if you can use whatever I have left in my life, like just use me however you want. I surrender. I, I completely. So at that point, I basically lived the kill the noise life. Cut off social, pulled my kids out of homes or uh, out of uh, school. And I just had a crazy like we're going to homeschool. Mm-hmm. We're going to literally we're going to homeschool with the Bible on classical literature books. And we're going to literally throw our TV out. And we're just going to hear what the voice of God has.
1: I want to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's get, awesome. Tell the listeners, what was the process What did you do? Because you had that encounter with God in your living room. But what was the process? Because you're suicidal at this point. But you you encountered God. But what was the process? How how'd you get on point? Uh, You know, at that point, I just started
0: fasting and praying like crazy. And it was just like you were talking about earlier, just like the torrents of living water. Mm -hmm. And it was like God's word just kept on like. There was scriptures when I was 13. One of the scriptures the Lord gave me when I was 13. And, and 16 during that very suicidal time was Jeremiah 29 11 for the thoughts that I have towards you and I just remember being this lonely kid say that verse Yeah, uh, Jeremiah 29 11 for the thoughts that I have towards you thus says the Lord to give you a hope a future you know yeah. and I just like hope that future. that 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 just brought me back to when I was that 13 16 year old mm-hmm. and I said what well, man my life my parents wouldn't even stay together like how can God have a future for me mm-hmm. you know what I mean And then, yeah, he does because it's like, you know, my wife, my kids, and I'm just like, man, God's not done. But am I surrendered to him? Am I listening to what he, you know what I mean? So I I think like the whole, the whole kill the noise tour, it's like my heart goes out to these kids because it's like, I just remember like the, the worst thing going home and just eating by yourself. Something so simple as that. And that's why, you know, even feeding the kids, you know, the pizza and stuff like that, sometimes those are, that's the only third meal that some of these kids will get.
1: What was the statistic? Didn't they say only... Like,
0: two, so, out of, two out of ten.
1: Two out of ten kids yeah. only eat two meals a day.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. In California, which is crazy, you know. But so, I mean, the process at that point, I, I literally had to kill all these distractions. I had to get off. I closed my Instagram. And one of the big thing, too, is when my... When my wife came home and my kids, like, I, I really, I couldn't hold it in anymore by myself. Yeah. And I literally had to sit down and talk to them. And it was, uh, it was crazy to talk about that. But I felt, I felt liberated. I felt free. like I'm free. I'm not alone. You know the what I mean? Satan wants you to hold it all yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Isolation, you know? man. And yeah. isolation. And, and, you know, and, and the reality is like, you know, it's like your mom always, I mean, your mom growing up, she always would always just... Give us words of wisdom and and, and and things like this, so I was always like, your family was always open. you guys talked about everything, yeah, you know what I mean so i I, I felt like I had to do that for my kids because I don't know what life's going to throw to them, you know what I mean, and they have to know too, like you know what I mean they're not alone you know so that that's basically <laughs> that was the process of what I kind of went through, which is kind of crazy, but <laughs> so
1: there there is hope there is hope this is a live you You went through it, yeah, yep, I mean it's it's happening yeah,
2: and so. that, and that's why you wanted to do the show like during this month. I mean, this is it awareness, this is an issue, this is a major issue yeah. that is taking the lives of so many people, young and old, common people, famous people. Um, the statistics are growing, we see that like we were talking about in the military, um dude, Robin Williams, one of the biggest actors, committed suicide last year. I was looking through statistics of so many actors, actresses, musicians that have committed suicide, and this is a major issue. Yeah. And it really, this is a time a call to action as well to pray, to have hearts for for people around you, yeah. be communicative with your family. Yeah. Like like Dave was talking about this, I love that example of like just tuning out the distractions, hanging out with your family, being involved in their lives. That's very important because
1: yeah. the enemy. Plays place tricks with their mind so often. Bring yeah. up the word suicide. Yep. Like yeah. I said, I was at Wahoo's and we talked, yeah. I brought up the word suicide. I'm doing a show about suicide. I just said suicide. That's it. And then all of a sudden, that girl said, oh, yeah. my friend someone committed yeah. suicide. Talk about it. Just, yep. just bring it up. Yeah. If you think someone's struggling, just talk about, hey, I heard this show, Live Around Reese. They're yeah. talking about suicide. And then that that person's suicidal or they're questioning it, they're going to talk to you. Yep. Yeah. They want to talk. You just got to talk about it. Yep. Bring it up. Well, the show was heavy. Yeah. It was amazing. We're going to continue next week. Um, I don't know what's in store next week yet, what the what the vibe is. But hey, if you guys are down for what we're doing, we are going to the high schools. Yeah. We are reaching these kids that are sh- bro- come from broken homes, struggling with suicide, depression, drugs, homosexuality, and all these other things that are going on in their life. We are going. We're giving them the gospel yeah. with our our high school tour. And if you want to be a part of it, pray for us. If you want to help fund it, give to us the Whosoever's Movement to help fund it. Um, I don't know. Mm. Check out our website. This is what we do. And this is why we do it.
2: Follow, catch the vision, go through the social media. They keep up there with everything that's taking place. All the product of the Whosoever's, all that stuff, all the sales go right back into move it to fund it because the Whosoever's are a non-profit organization. And then also, for everything that we do here for Ryan Reese, you can go to Ryan-Reese.com. You can go through all of his Shine archives where he has all of his teachings. And those are cool because they're YouTube, too, so you can share it with other people. Maybe something that kind of can minister someone. And also all the radio archives as well. That's it of the show. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you, guys. Peace. You.
0: This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan... Click on Ryan-Reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for live with Ryan
1: Reese.
2: I'm Don Hawkins inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast encouragement for you. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.